1-800-227-8677. Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Good morning. This is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Thanks so much for tuning into the show as we celebrate all things creating and stories, and we're going to get ready to tune our imaginations together. So the other night, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole. It was a delightful rabbit hole and, and an adventure, but I wanted what I was trying to do was set an alarm so I didn't miss picking up my daughter at school. And I thought making the alarm a song would make it stand out from all the other sounds the phone sings to me during the day. And so when I looked into that, the song Imagination from Ella Fitzgerald came up as an option. And of course, I love the imagination. And so I went to play that song and listen to it. And it's sort of a thrill for me to think that there's a song out there about imagination, one of my favorite things in the world. And the song opens this way. Imagination is funny. It makes a cloudy day sunny, makes a bee think of honey, just as I think of you. What a great line. Of course, what makes it better is the way that Ella Fitzgerald sings that song. She has that recognizable, rich, pleasant, clear voice and that phrasing. And it's so easy to fall under her spell. And Ella's song helped me to remember one of my favorite Art Zany radio songs, but I couldn't remember anything except that it was a female jazz singer. And the song was also about imagination. And I bet that's happened to you too, right? You can't remember. So I began searching using all kinds of different keywords. You know, there's something wonderful about being able to do the search easily at home on my computer and on my phone because it was somewhere in my music library. And there's something a bit maddening about having access to all that information. I needed this song, but I kept coming up with not the right song. So the good news is I persisted with new searches and worked my brain and my imagination to try to remember any of the lyrics or clues to the song. And then I found it. It was such a thrill. The song I want to tell you about is It's Crazy, sung by the fabulous Sarah Vaughn. And if you don't know that song, I've played it a couple times on Arts Any Radio because I kind of like to think it's a, a bit of our theme song here because it opens up with these, this, these two stanzas. I jump up at dawn, shake out the sun, laugh like a loon, everything is fun. It's crazy, but I'm in love. I act like a fool, why do I care? I'll be a fool as long as you're there. It's crazy, but I'm in love. You can hardly say those lyrics without singing. I I promise you, I will never sing on the radio show. But there's a rhythm and a swing and a joy to the song. And there's nothing like that mesmerizing voice of Sarah Vaughan. She has an original voice, and she understands it. And she connects those songs to make her passion connect with you. I highly encourage you to seek out these songs and listen to a recording of them. There's a couple different versions of all of them, and it's really fun to see the different variations as they're performing it live that they do. Music can do a lot of healing, and I suggest you get lost in a song. And here's a quote from Ella Fitzgerald. I just adore this. The only thing better than singing is more singing. So let's get singing. On Art Zany Radio today, I'm very excited to be able to welcome to the studio Malin Fritz Walrud, an opera singer who's visiting Northfield, and we'll hear more about that story. Welcome to Art Zany Radio. Thank you. Great to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Also is Kathy Rodlin, who's a pianist who will be uh, accompanying Malin in, in the performance this weekend. Thank you for being here. And Gretchen Gillis. Or did I say, is it Gillis or Gillis? No. It's Gillis. I forgot to ask ahead of time. So wonderful. You're the music director of the Troubadours, which is what brings us all together today. Their upcoming concert is this Sunday, the 21st, at 3 p.m. at St. Peter's Lutheran Church here in Northfield. So this is a very exciting opportunity to have all of you here. I thought just to have you each give a little bit of an introduction about your singing careers or or musical careers and a little bit about your songs and your world and let our listeners get to know you a little bit as we uh, begin our conversation. Let's start with Malin. Well, I grew up here in Northfield uh, and uh, the town has been such a huge uh, part of why I do what I do. Um, I 
went through, um, they had Robert Swanson in, in uh, grade school, and I was in the sixth grade operetta. I was the witch in the sixth grade operetta, and that was my introduction to, to op really, really opera. It was not. It was. It actually is an opera. He, he in was, the middle school. Yeah, in the middle. It was actually sixth grade. So back then, it was the end of grade school. It was, I it's, Yeah. So he. Um, wow. So that was that was like I once I did that that my whole life changed and it, it really uh, it really opened up a new world to me and then. Uh, I went on to uh, high school and here and and to St. Olaf where I met Kathy, and um, I was a music major at St. Olaf and then went on and uh, got a uh, I won one of the um, Metropolitan Opera competitions, and that started my kind of that, that from then I got management and I staying at the Met regularly, uh, alto roles and things and. Um, and just that's kind of been my life since. But it all kind of started right here in the sixth grade operetta. I love that, that there's a, a way that music, they, people talk about the music in this town. Mm -hmm. And to have somebody fall in love with opera and have an elementary school teacher foster that is pretty great. Yeah, and, and, and my first actual full-fledged opera, which I think the first opera that they ever did at St. Olaf was Cosi Fantute, and they did that um, in eighty. Seven, was it eighty seven? I think eighty seven was the first. So that that was my first opera, my first my first operetta at, here at the grade school, and then first opera at Saint Olaf, and that was exciting. And now they turn out all kinds of amazing opera singers at Saint Olaf now. Well, and amazing. I think that's something people might not know right? is no. is the classical training that that is here right. in our community and the uh, reputation of of we, we know about the choirs, but sometimes the opera singers aren't as well known. Well, yeah, it's it's a great it's a great um, you know, choral music builds soloists as as, as well as as well as wonderful choral, choral artists. So, well, it's a thrill to have you here, and I'm excited. We'll learn more about your career in, in a minute. Thank you for that. And, and uh, Kathy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I did not grow up in Northfield, but I've spent now I like quite a bit of my life here. I was also a student at Saint Olaf, which is where I met Malin. Um, I am actually an organist, and so I teach organ and music theory at St. Olaf. I've been there for now 23 years, and at St. Olaf, I, you know, did a lot of accompanying, and so even though I was an organ major, I played piano quite a bit for people such as Malin, and so, yeah. And you said that um, you teach organ, at, at uh, which is another thing. We've had several organ players in here mm -hmm. who have come from the tradition of St. Olaf and gone on to do amazing things. Yes. It's a, a real shining star that yes. we have up there. So thank you. It's a, wonderful. I think it's your first time visiting, so I'm thrilled is, that yeah. you're here on mm -hmm. Artsany Radio. And our, our last guest, Gretchen, uh, is part of the Troubadours. And tell us about your uh, musical world. I graduated from Gustavus Adolphus College way back in the good old days. <laughs> and at, from there, I, I got a music minor and an elementary major, elementary teaching major. So I went on to become a teacher and I taught second grade for 28 years. Enjoyed it thoroughly. And the men kid me because they say that my teaching the second graders <laughs> was probably very similar to working with them. My and that's the Troubadours, which is an all-men's <laughs> yes. choir for folks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and many of them, uh, is there, an, uh, uh, they're generally seniors, yes? They're, yes, they're generally seniors. We do have some younger men, um, but they're generally seniors, and they're a fantastic group of men, mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic. And my background with music is I grew up in a musical family, and... Um, I my first job was as a director in a church choir. They were desperate, so <laughs> they begged me, and I said sure, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I did that for thirty years, and when I came here, I thought I'll just sit back and do some singing myself. Well, it didn't work out that way. I um, they asked, and I said sure, and it's been I've enjoyed every minute of it. How much, how long have you been connected with the Troubadours? Since 2015. Oh, so you've we got... We came here in 2014 and... Um, I think it's fantastic. We're doing a show about the uh, uh, Troubadours, and it's all women here in the yes, studio. Right. <laughs> Behind every great Troubadour. That's yes, that's right. That's <laughs> true. It's, it's incredible. And uh, if folks haven't heard them, they are a really delightful choir. Plus, and... I should also add that uh, 
Kathy's mother, Joanne Rodland, is our accompanist, and she is fantastic. She keeps us all in line. I, that's a, a really important piece, mm-hmm. and that's something I do want to talk about. But first, I thought, you know, uh, uh, not everybody, you know, gets to have singing as, as a central part or making music as a central part of their lives. And so, what has that done to, you know, your world? How has that, you know, made a difference in your life by by having that as a as a part of your, um, you know, everyday world? Mala, we'll start with you. Oh, for me, it it was just central. I I, I really was. Um, it, it just gave me a, a, a sense of identity uh, as, a, as a younger child. As a child, it was kind of the first thing. I think music and theater, um, I was one of those, I, I guess now everybody knows, calls them theater kids. I was a theater <laughs> kid from the time I was really young, but I didn't know it. And, and I just kind of felt a little lost until I found, uh, found music and found, uh, found my, kind of found my voice in m- m- many ways through finding my voice. And also uh, just a huge sense of community. The, I mean, music is, is one of the best community building uh, uh, things that exist, in, in, in whether you're professional or avocational. I think music is an amazing way to get to know other people and to find yourself in community. Well, let's talk about that idea of finding it, you know, that you had a voice for opera, because that is something that, you know, it's a very difficult road to, um, you know, make, go through the training and to, you know, work, uh, hone your instrument, let's say. Uh, so when did you know that opera, you mentioned that you got fall in love with singing it through some of the opera that you did in, mm. in the schools, but then to decide that that's a career path, where did that come uh, I grew up in a family of, of artists, and um, uh, my mother was a visual artist. Well, my, my father was a, was a history professor at St. Elf, but my mother just really instilled a love of the arts. And uh, I, I couldn't draw. I didn't have anything <laughs> like that. My dad sang cowboy songs all the time, and he, he did that at St. Elf, too. He taught American history and sang a lot of cowboy songs. So I grew up hearing him sing cowboy songs, and we always attended the St. Elf Choir and we went to mm-hmm. St. John's Lutheran Church, and there's just so much, the, the children's choir there. This whole town is just full of music and, and full of uh, inspiration and, and, and musical training, and I feel like today uh, so many younger people in other, in other parts of the world and in, in where, where I've lived since, the, 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 the choral music is, is not there the way it was for, for, for me then and I think still exists in this town. I think it's unusual. Yeah, and sometimes we don't get to see that until somebody comes back and reminds us that yeah, this is really, really is. special. It this really is, is very special and unique. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how about uh, for you, Kathy? What have you, um, you know, gained from being a, in a musical career and being a part of music and you know organ music? Another one where it's you know not everybody takes that path. So what was it that got you excited about the organ? Well, I was never actually excited about the organ when I was growing <laughs> up. <laughs> so my parents were church musicians in a large Presbyterian church that grew up in out, out in New Jersey, and I was determined not to do that. And I was came to St. Olaf planning to play the cello and major in math, which lasted about maybe six months. <laughs> and yeah, my organ teacher at the time was John Ferguson, and I remember him just once saying, what are you doing? You know, because obviously I was trying so hard to avoid the organ, but yet I, it was obviously where I should be. Was that something about your um, skills? I know the organ is an, a very complicated instrument. I'm always amazed as I watch somebody play with the foots and the hands. And mm-hmm. I mean, it just, and looking at, you know, go, if you're accompanying somebody, kind of keeping a pace. So uh, it's like a, a bit athletic. Yeah, it was always something that came relatively easily to me, which obviously, because even my grandmother was an organist. Ah, so, so there's some It sort genes. of came running through the family. And I also grew up playing for all the church choirs in the church. I grew up in a big, they, were, they ran a choir program with seven children's choirs, and I was always at the piano. And so that really taught me how to sight read and, you know, a lot about the literature. And, you know, I was always, it was always there. And I really wasn't very good at the cello. That's <laughs> not true. I'm sure Steve Robinson, <laughs> when he was conducting the St. Olaf Orchestra, would remember that I wasn't the best cellist because I didn't practice the cello. But, you know, I loved playing in orchestras, but, and then it really was, you know, the organ and playing Bach and things like that. And, you know, I still play concerts and I really, you know, I'm always happy to learn new organ music. And so, yeah. But what I really enjoy the most is trying 
not trying, but teaching our St. Olaf students how to play the organ and getting people that wouldn't have known anything about the organ when they arrived at St. Olaf, they sort of see the culture of the organ studios there and I get pianists that try to play the organ and some of them become organ majors. Sometimes we get physics majors that knew about the organ and were drawn to the, you know, the scientific parts of it and how pipes speak and mm -hmm. they play the organ and we're all together in the same organ studio. Yeah, that's so. really amazing, and and there's there's a bit I I don't know I've had a lot more younger organists on the show, and there's a couple of you know summertime organ events that happen yeah, in the North Northfield, Northfield Noontime series, yeah. the Noontime Organ series. Yes, that's uh, really I, I just think that there maybe there'll be a revival, right? <laughs> I hope so. I, I choose to think it's never really gone out of style, but just that's right. Yeah. And Gretchen, how about for you? Is music be you know being a part of it? What has it added to your world? Music has added um, depth, and um, the troubadours have mean so much to me. Their sound that they produce is so lovely, and um, I truly enjoy it. So I'm going to put in a couple plugs for them right now. Of course. And they've been in existence for more than 40 years, the troubadour organization. It's a four-part men's group. Sometimes we do... Uh, three parts or two parts and sometimes we break off into smaller groups which we hope to do a little more of this coming new year where there's about 25 men in the group and we have uh, as I said our equally strong accompanist Joanne <laughs> we rehearse uh, weekly on Tuesdays at 11 at 10 o'clock at the uh, 50 North and That's we, 10 o'clock in the morning. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and we sing from September till December, and then we take off, and some people go south, and then we come back from February till May, and we perform in many venues like the Northfield Community Center, the Benedictine, Three Links, Laura Baker, Kildall, and we've even gone over to the Cannon Falls Retirement Home. Those are the ones we did this year. And historically, we have sung at the Winter Walk at mm -hmm. 50 North, and we've even sung for a Rotary meeting and at the Blind School in Faribault. And we hope to add many more venues this coming year. Um, we look at it as kind of a ministry where we sing to people sometimes who can't get out or to hear us. We sing show tunes, gospel songs, folk songs, ragtime spirituals we try to do music well but we also have fun with it so i would encourage any man that enjoys singing to come join us um no tryouts just come have fun and make music and that's that's such an important thing i think that that idea of um, making music a part of your life. But it's kind of, I want to ask, how did the troubadours connect with an opera singer? Because that feels, that's an unusual pairing. I wonder if, if do you want to start, Malin? Sure. <clears throat> well, two ways. I had two, two, two paths to, to come to get to do this concert. Uh, Kathy and I have been friends uh, ever since, uh, since, since, since uh, freshman year St. Olaf, and we've stayed in touch and continued to, to perform together over the years. And uh, of course, I know Kathy's mother, Joanne, very well. So that's how I, I think I first heard about the Troubadours from Joanne. I saw some videos uh, over when I was visiting and saw some videos and, and was very impressed and, and really enjoyed the whole, the whole uh, uh, ethos of the group. And then um, my uh, high school uh, history teacher, uh, Russell Margulius, I'd had him for Western Civilization, and he has done a wonderful job of staying in touch with students, uh, that his, his past students. He, he's brought a lot of us back uh, to NHS. for uh, he, he gives a humanitarian award, um, and I, got, I received one one year along with a couple other students. But every, he brings, he's just does a wonderful job of staying in touch with his, with his students. So he reached out to me before COVID and said that they always did a, uh, had a guest, a guest um, uh, performer in the spring mm -hmm. concert. And I know Kathy's daughter was the, was the soloist last year. Uh, was it last year? Oh, it was, was 2019. Oh, sorry, that was pre-pandemic. Yeah. Pre-pandemic, the pandemic has confused <laughs> it me. It does. It yeah. does to all of us. But anyway, so we uh, we had talked about me coming and uh, before the pandemic, and and he, he had a 
he's uh, just stayed in touch and, and called again this fall and said, could you do it? And I said, absolutely. I'm just excited to have a chance to come back and support the group. How does it feel that you've been back in Northfield uh, when, but this might be your first time performing? Is that true? No. Uh, okay. No, that was, that was, I, I think uh, there was an interview in the, the, the paper. Northfield yeah, News, and I, yeah. I think I, I, what I had said was it was my first time since COVID coming back and my first time with the Troubadours, but I've, I've done, Kathy and I've done lots of things here and, and yeah, so. Well, yeah. that's great. It's a, such a wonderful pairing. And the, tell me the story of how you met on campus and you maintained this friendship. Uh, was it through singing, that Kathy, that you came together? Uh, no, it was just sort of, I became friends with most of the Northfielders at the time. Mm. You know. Yeah. And you and, came from another part of the country? I was from New Jersey, yeah. Oh, okay. She was the cool, cool New Yorker. <laughs> still is the cool New Yorker. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, there was a girl down the hall. Her name is Julie, and I became good friends with Julie, and then Julie had all of this Northfield community, and I just sort of became part of that. And yep. you know, yep. of course, we were in classes together. Lots of classes. You know. Yeah, Kathy was the was the was the the uh, musical genius in, in music theory who could just do music theory just without even going to class. Yeah, without even going to class, <laughs> it was effortless for her. And she was had to wow went, went to Juilliard, and I was struggling to even. I I I had I didn't really have um uh any kind of uh academic music background at all so I was uh, it, I was always in awe of Kathy and and uh trying uh, I was struggling and barely got barely got through the music theory but uh that was easy for her How do you think that is cuz I I think there is something they often compare music to math you know that that it that's that's like a a code or a that there's a pattern to it but how do you explain um that you know that idea of music as a, like a language or that you have to sort of see things and and you know decode when you're doing music theory I don't I don't know what the actual connection might be I do know that a lot of people that are good at music are also good at math mm-hmm. it's not always true my son's very good at music and not very good at math <laughs> <laughs> but you know the analysis idea and you know the part part of the reason I really loved theory is because I like to take a piece of music apart on paper Oh, and so I and that's what I teach now because I also teach theory as much as I teach organ up at St. Olaf but I really like to look at how the whole thing is put together and I think that's a very similar thing if you're doing yeah Yeah. you're you're talking about equations and trying to find the derivatives and formulas of course Mm -hmm. it's the same idea so yeah I've I've always found that fascinating and uh, that's that's a wonderful thing and you know I think I also think when I think of music and languages I think of opera and one of the challenges is singing in other languages and uh, tell me about you know learning that and when and I'm very curious if you're because one of the, you're going to be doing some uh, Greek right correct in, and, Nor- in Norwegian right. right so I'm very curious about that experience and how you become facile at that and I've always as as bad as I was at music theory I was always actually pretty good at, and gifted I would say in foreign languages in fact I won the Minnesota State Spanish competition back in the whatever 1980 something. <laughs> whatever that was. <laughs> and and um, so I've always been good at languages, and, and I think that was one of the things that drew me to, to mm. classical music and opera. And I've sung in um, Spanish, uh, Italian, German, uh, Czech, Russian, uh, Norwegian. And, it, and it's, it's um, I love, the, I love uh, the opportunity to sing in other languages. And uh, the thing that I think that's really, really neat is you have to... I, I don't speak all those languages. I speak uh, some of them to a sm- small degree. Like I always say, I speak opera. Like I, I can, I can tell you, I can tell you I'm in love or I'm dying, but I can't ask you. I can't. I don't know how to ask where the bathroom is or where the restaurant is. So in those, but I, but I, I do have the. You know those kind of things. Well, that's one uh, thing I was wondering: Are you learning the sound, so you're you, hearing yeah. the language, but not you're not the meaning isn't quite. It's, no, you need both. You need, you need to both. do both. You need both, and and that's what I was what I was heading towards was that you have to know exactly what each word means, not not just a general sense of oh this this song is about this general concept. You have to know each word what it means, and then you also have to know. Uh, the uh, the phonetics and how to mm. pronounce it and, and and there are many wonderful coaches that te- teach diction for singing and singing uh, the diction for singing is different than the diction for speaking because you're sustaining everything and so that requires uh, you know mm. different a different technique so 
it's a different, there are lots of coaches in all these languages. So not, and I get to work with them and that's always fun. That's, yeah, that would be amazing. I've I coached always been the, a- yeah, the Norwegian for, um, the Norwegian for this piece I coached uh, with a uh, member of the Norwegian department from St. Olaf. This was years ago. I'm, 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 I'm re- reprising it, but, mm-hmm. but it's, it's wonderful. The language people are great. Yeah, so folks, let's uh, check in again. This is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination, and we're talking about the Troubadours concert, which is this weekend. That is at St. Peter's Lutheran Church, which is um, at 418 Sumner Street here in Northfield. That's Sunday the 21st, 2023, at 3 p.m. And uh, I understand this is a, there's uh, no fee for this concert. No, it is a free concert. That's so exciting. We welcome everyone. And, and that is, um, you're going to be doing... Uh, pieces with uh, Mal- no, no. Se- okay. Tell we us how the concert's going to be structured. So, what can folks expect from the music? Malin is going to be doing a, one section. We'll be doing a section. Malin will do a section. <laughs> we will do a section. And we have one soloist too from our group who is um, over ninety, and this is kind of his swan song. He tells us next year he will not be doing any more soloing. He has promised to sing with the group but will not be soloing. So we're anxious to hear Don's last solo. Oh, let's give a, a shout out. What's Don's last name? Don Anderson. Well, that'll be, what a thrill at 90 to be. Over 90. Over 90. Okay, we're, <laughs> so he doesn't want to give away. <laughs> <laughs> he would, I'm sure. <laughs> well, that's, I think that's going to be wonderful. And, and there's, uh, and you'll be doing the accompanying. Uh, with just Mal- for Mullen. Mullen. Yeah, just right. For so I'll turn the rest over to my mother. Yes. He <laughs> does a fantastic and job. <laughs> I wanted because I always find that the job of a company is to be something quite fascinating. Uh, you are you have to know the music, obviously, but it's a partnership, um, and you you really are working to, you know, all the spacing for the breath you need to know, the um, you know, p- pacing, the timing. Uh, tell me about how, how you two um, work together and build up your performance. Well, I think it's interesting because we did quite a bit of it back when we were at St. Olaf, but then every time we get back together, it seems like, you know, just falling back into those habits. Now, is it is it um, a, a partnership? Um, like, is there some magic that happens with certain partner, like a singer and a, there's a click, right, that this this relationship works? Um, and... or. or or are there, um, I'm just trying to figure out how to, how to make that be the best it can be. Cause it's a real challenge. I think, at least from my perspective to yeah. you're no, not just playing a, the yeah. song. A good accompanist should be able to play for anyone. Okay. You know, whether it be a singer or a violinist or anything, but there are certain people that it's easier, mm. you know, cause you've known each other for a while and just having done a lot of choir work, I, I'm, I feel like I do singers best. Kathy's really, really amazing. Yeah, no, she, she, she is, and, and um, I work with a lot of different pianists, and it's just always a treat to get to come and work with Kathy. And it, yeah. From your perspective, what makes a good accompanist? I think um, uh, an ability to just kind of feel the music together, and and uh, it really is. It's called collaborative piano. Uh, and it's it really is a collaboration. I think it's like just a sense sensitivity to, to and, mm-hmm. it, and it's kind of like uh, uh, it's kind of your your it's more like tennis I would say than 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 one one person. There's not one person leading. We're both kind of working together and handing things off. And I would you, I don't know. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's something people don't always understand how you um, build that relationship and and how you make that work. That it's it, it's not just you know putting two people in a room. You you have to work and probably break the piece down and you know say this is where I want to um, take a breath or I want to um, or you might have practiced it too fast or too slow. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it really is a, you know, it's, it's in the moment, uh, being able to just create something in the moment and it's new every time it's different every time. And I think to have somebody, uh, who's so great at, and, and fast on, you know, fast on their, on their feet who can adjust. And, you know, if I make a mistake, Kathy can fix it and no one even notices. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And that makes me relax and do better than I, than I would if I, didn't have that kind of amazing uh, 
rapport. Yeah, and and one of the things I also wanted to ask you so is is just not a lot of us will have ever had the opportunity to be on the New York Metropolitan Opera stage, and that is something that, um, you know, I would would love to hear a story about being on that stage and what might surprise us about your experience or um, what have you discovered, uh, you know, by being in that space with those high quality uh, performers and and the audiences that come to the it really is a, just a wonderful thing. I, and I think, um, just to use the sports analogy, you rise to the level of of um, the people around you, uh, or at least you, you, you he- you're heading that direction. <laughs> you may not get there, get there. But so being with um, amazing singers, it, it makes your singing better. And um, a, a story about the... Uh, the uh, there's a real nice feeling when you're on stage there it's a wonderful, it's kind of almost a church-like feeling, uh, mm. being on the stage for me anyway. It's not, it's not like, oh, we're putting on this big show. It feels kind of sacred. Um, and, uh, also I would say, let's see, a good story. Um, I was in, uh, Die Valkyra, um, and we're running around with spears and helmets and stuff. And, <laughs> and you would think that, you would think that it would be, you know, just so, um, you know, carefully, uh, you know the safety and everything, and they do they do prioritize safety. But you're you're run, you're running around on this huge platform that's you know a couple stories high. You could just fall right off the back of it. You know, I, I, and no one ever did. I don't know how, but you know you got you got to keep your eye on the, the conductor. You got a spear. You got a helmet. There's like smoke coming around, and it's just uh, it's really uh, you have to stay alert. And so there's this whole you know beautiful sacred ethereal quality, and then there's just the don't fall off the back of the set and kill, set and kill yourself kind of. So there's those those two there's two aspects going on yeah i just thought about that how opera really does have all of those theatrical things that that um you think about when an actor's performing but you have to add on top of that right (laughs) the singing as well and i like that actually i feel like the more i get out of my own head and um and i'm doing other things the better i sing like i get out of my own way because i'm i sing better when i'm worrying about not falling two stories down to my death than than i would if i was it kind of takes the nerves away in a weird way we'll yeah. get a ladder for sunday <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good yeah i i think that's that's a, a great story and it's it's wonderful to have you here to share with us some of those experiences and to uh think about them you performing in the same space as as the troubadours is is pretty exciting um and you talk about the the pieces that you you're going to be doing you mentioned the edward uh grieg um edward the norwegian work yeah uh, so oh, so do so Oh, so, so we're doing um, we're doing uh, Edvard Grieg's uh, some selections from he did a piece called Haugtusa, which is uh, it's called it's the Mountain Maid. It's about this Norwegian Norwegian uh, uh, young woman who falls in love, loses the guy, um, and is devastated. But then she doesn't she doesn't go off and kill herself or die or anything like that. She just she just <laughs> lies by this uh, river. And uh, Kathy has a beautiful part that is is the is the stream and the river. It's very complicated, uh, gorgeous piano part. And and she just uh, is there, kind of recovering from losing this this losing this love. It's it's it, and the music's very um, accessible. It's it's in Norwegian, uh, but it almost has like a a Broadway like quality. And then the other things that we're doing are um, Memory from Cats, a selection from Carmen, the mm. opera Carmen. And uh, and just some other Broadway things. So, yeah, it's a very a very delightful uh, selection. We tried to make it really accessible and fun. Yeah, and, uh, the, and I love how you said, and she doesn't go off and die. It sounds like that happens a bit in opera. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but the Norwegians are stronger than that. They're better. They're, they don't. They don't go die from the lost love. They they go on. So I love that. <laughs> and uh, the, what will the troubadours be uh, performing? Well, again, we'll be doing some spirituals, and we'll be doing some um, folk songs, and we'll be doing some ragtime, and uh, that sounds like a, a variety, a, a nice variety, a vibrant show, then, nice uh, and uh, many opportunities to um, enjoy music that you might know. And uh, some classics, and do people get to sing along with the troubadours? So how, how, 
we have had people sing along, and it's up to me, so I'll just check it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you have a lot of fun with the, the, that, group too, that group, too. I do. That group, too. Uh, how do um, singers get to know their voices? And maybe the truth, it's also true with organ, too. I was just thinking about that, that, you know, finding a style of music that matches or, a, um, you know, a way of expressing yourself because it's, you know, it, it, it is an instrument that you can, um, just like the, the singing is an instrument. Uh, let's, so let's start with the organ and then we'll talk about singing and well, finding your yeah, voice. Yeah, because I don't know if there's a particular style of organ music that I like any more than any other. Mm. No, just like but how do you help students but... find what is their lane or their uh, best way of, of performing on the organ? Well, interestingly enough, with the organ, most of them come in having done piano or something else first. Mm. And, you know, it's just, there's a lot of technique that comes with the organ. And so if you're a pianist, a lot of what I really like to do is give them pieces that have very little foot involvement because it takes the feet a long time to catch up. And yeah. so I love to give them a lot of pieces, Baroque pieces by Pachelbel and mm. sort of the easier Bach pieces. And then there's some romantic pieces that are hands only just so they can have some success with something while they're trying to catch up their feet and their coordination. Yeah, because I would imagine it takes a while for your brain to have the pathways to yeah. allow that yeah. to happen. But it's, I've had some students that have come in wanting to play nothing but hymns because they grew up in a church family or something and they want to get a church job and they don't want to waste their time doing all these other hard things and so they want to play <laughs> hymns and then some come in and all they want to do is Bach or some so every student kind of has the his or her favorite but I'm a real generalist so I believe if you love Bach then you've got to be able to play a lot of 20th century composers like Messiaen as well I mean you really need to be able to be esoteric in every different possible musical period so mm -hmm. Yeah, a good teacher can do that. Can uh, you know, give you a nudge? Give you know, yeah, we, we try. <laughs> <laughs> how about finding your voice, Malin? How did you um, get to know your voice? And I, you know, I'm thinking. I have a friend who's a, a, a writer, and she wrote a story about. Um, she's she was a trained opera singer, and we were all just in awe of the details that she was giving us about how she knew her body and her cavity and, you know, all of the things that were happening with every part of, of her face. It wasn't just the mm -hmm. mouth. And it was just, it, we were all absolutely fascinated. And she talked about knowing, you know, she wanted to be a soprano, but actually her voice didn't want to be a soprano. And, and it was uh, a journey. We, we all want to be sopranos, but I am not either. <laughs> so it's like, and I had this very similar experience where I, yeah, I, you know, everyone, I think every young girl dreams of singing, you know, perfect high seas and, and beyond and, and doing the queen of the night and all the stratospheric stuff. And that's what I wanted to do. And, and, uh, uh, but I discovered, uh, that, and I, I started out as a soprano in, in choir in high school and my voice always stuck out in a really annoying way to to, to everyone. And I, I think that was one of the reasons I started taking voice lessons. Tell was, me when you when you say your voice stuck out, what is that? You could hear my voice individually when the choir was singing, which kind of oh. ruined the choir, you know. It's so so I, I actually started taking voice lessons. I started with Cora Schultz, who's still oh, wonderful. And, yes, and Cora. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, my voice was just unwieldy and very loud and... Uh, it was, yeah, it stuck out. So I started studying with Cora and um, she uh, got my voice to a place where it was, where it was, you know, more supple and, and less, less abrasive and less loud. And, um, and I was able to, you know, work with the choir better. And, but I was still a soprano. And then um, I discovered at St. Olaf I was also still a soprano, but the high the high notes never came very easily for me, and uh, and the, the the voice had a different color. But I just you know continued on as a soprano, and I did a soprano lead in, at the at the opera. Um, but then when I got to graduate school, they said, you know what, you know we think you're a mezzo. And then I was so much more comfortable, and the color, and I didn't have to. So I had to give up those those wonderful lead roles, but I found myself more and comfort more. And and you do feel more resonance, like in the I think a, a my voice type. There's more resonance in the chest cavity than a soprano would feel. Um, but it is like we still have the everyone feels a lot of resonance in the face and everything. But um, yeah, so then I it was a it was a journey to try to find out what my voice was, and that was. Uh, both exciting and very frustrating sometimes. 
I yeah, I would imagine, and I don't think people often think about that because they uh, instantly when you say opera to somebody, you know, they have they they think soprano, the all the right you know, loud, like you said, the high C's, right? And uh, so I wonder if if there are new operas that are writing starring parts for, you know, all the other layers of voice, the mezzos and the uh, contraltos and. There are some great there are some great things. I think it still tends to be I mean it, it's it's most common that that the soprano's the lead and the you know I'm the I'm the Gene Hackman sidekick or something like that. You know, I'm the I'm the the, the 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 mezzos and the altos are, tend to be supporting characters, but I love I love being a supporting character and they're often very interesting uh acting roles and very uh dramatic or and that I I love that. So, I don't mind not being the lead. Mm-hmm. What would you say about people who are, uh, you know, we have a lot of singers here who are trying to discover their voice and, you know, what kind of work should they be doing or who, you know, who should they be talking to or how can they, uh, you know, become their best voice? Well, I think what young people have now that we never had is like, go on YouTube. You can see everybody. I mean, and you can see them up close. You can learn so much. You can hear so many things. And of course, uh, find a voice teacher, join a choir, um, and really get into the text and the acting side of it. I think that that's, that's a part of it that whether you're a choral musician or, uh, or, a, uh, an opera singer or a Broadway person, I think really getting into the text is, mm. uh, is huge. That's something I hadn't, it was unexpected mm. for me to hear from you, but I can see because, uh, you know, as, as you mentioned in some of the operas, you're, you know, doing characters and, and so, uh, the voice is a part of that character, and so knowing the story inside and out is a- an essential part. But I think that's that's missed by a lot of people when they begin. Yeah, and then the other thing I would say is, I mean, like you pointed out earlier, the body is the instrument for the singer, and really, you know, being in in shape and and being, um, uh, you know, take take movement classes all these kind of things mm. is it benefits a singer enormously what a, a choral artist anybody it, it's just great take yoga take dance whatever you know and and those are uh, really great advice now you are the director of the troubadours and so um how do you help your members find their voice and uh you know sing the different roles that you're you're asking them to do by the time they've reached the age they are <laughs> they have found their voice and they pretty much know where it is. Mm. So um, I work with them where they are. I take them where they are and I challenge some of them to go a little higher. They can just put it up in your head voice or uh, let it down low and, and just enjoy that. I think the most important thing for me with my men is that they enjoy themselves. They love singing to begin with. That's what brought them to our group. But then to continue that joy. And um, and I take suggestions from them. If they have a song that they think they would like to perform, we do have soloists at some of these venues. We have three or four men that do solos, and they do a wonderful job. So um, that's how I work with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would imagine that um, being together singing, as as you had mentioned earlier, just that community is important. And you know, to think about the the like the the man uh, I've forgotten his name, Don, who was doing the solo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to have that place to go, and you know, well into yes. your nineties uh, or we don't somewhere in the nineties. <laughs> yes, is a thrill. And you, uh, your Kathy, your mom is the accompanist mm-hmm. and to to the group. Have you have you talked to her about being a part of of that group and what that means to her as well? Well, she, I think, she, when she moved to Northfield after you know living in New Jersey for how many years, um, I don't. She was trying to build a little bit of a social life, and this came along, and I think it became her social life. Mm-hmm. And so she's gotten a lot of friends through the Troubadours, and plus it's kept her active musically. And, and they, the men all watch out for her, which is very <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a lovely concert. Uh, I want to remind our listeners again, if you're tuning in, this is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination, the Troubadours concert with special guest Malin Fritz-Walrud. 
Walred, I'm sorry, I said that incorrectly there, uh, is Sunday the 21st, uh, 2023, at 3 p.m., St. Peter's Lutheran Church on Sumner Street, 418 Sumner Street in Northfield. And uh, it's amazing that this is a free concert. Uh, what a treat for our community uh, for folks to be able to have an afternoon of music and uh, singing and just a, an incredible time. Uh, Hopefully, people will go away humming some of these songs. And that, right, that's what you want people mm-hmm. to feel. And and uh, wh- when you are singing, what are you hoping that people in the audience are receiving? Uh, I the same thing. I, I, I Gretchen, I think I, I, I just nailed it. Uh, yeah, you just we want people to really. Um, uh, not have some kind of a of, of a like a museum experience, <laughs> and I think that's what people fear fear with like classical music. Like you want you want to be uh, a very uh, alive and 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 uh, real and have them have it touch their heart. You know that the same. I think whether you're a rock musician or a or a or a classical musician or a Broadway or an organist or or a choral musician, like you want to touch people's heart and you want to make them feel something something good hopefully or or uh, connect with some 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 of their own emotions mm-hmm. yeah. i tell the men to look out at the audience and and if they're no they'll know they're doing an excellent job if they see some tears oh. coming down some faces because that says a lot yeah. definitely and and I'm, I'm curious too about opera and uh you know how I think one of the things that's happened during our time with the pandemic is we didn't get live performances and it was hard to, to do some. And I think we all realized how much we need that in our lives. What is happening in the opera world with performances again? It's just, it's just coming back. I think it's, it's been very, um, it's been very difficult. A lot of companies have closed their doors and, and people have, it's, it's, it's really difficult to rebuild, mm-hmm. but I hope they, I hope they will. Um, and, and things have, things have started back, but I, I think it's, it's going to be a challenge to get the audience back. It's going to be a challenge to, to keep funds coming in because, you know, people got used to not going. Mm. And I, I heard that happen with the, with the baseball strike too. People, people get used to not going and then, it takes years to build back, so but I think we will build back. And uh, what are uh, in the Twin Cities, or do any of you know opportunities? I know there's a couple of opera companies in the Twin Cities, and that's something I've always heard too is a struggle with, you know, uh, the big stages, right? New York um, is the place that everybody wants to go, and it's so hard to find, you know, or uh, have performances in the middle of America. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know. Um, how that's being addressed in in the opera world? I think um, I think actually the local uh, the local operas uh, are are very vibrant and and um, yeah I, I I feel like a lot of a lot of New York singers look forward to going to the, the Twin Cities to perform or other places because there's a there's a lot of uh, kind of audience that's that's kind of already in place and ready to see things and want to see things and it's wonderful to get to travel and you know most of my New York friends are all, are all traveling all around so that's I think good. it's really the funding that it's that it's the funding that's hard to keep going to keep keep all everything happening mm-hmm. and so I, I I would encourage people to to explore that if they haven't been to the opera or it's been a while that it's something that they should definitely do and add singing to their world anything else we want to add um, before we we wrap today about this concert or um, singing and the world of music that um, you know just I hope that we've inspired some a few people to to reconnect whatever their voice is and wherever stage they are in the world. That's what I'm I'm hoping. But anyone else want to add any other details? What do we miss? Oh, we got quiet. <laughs> it is it is just so, so fun um, to be able to talk about this. And oh, I also wanted to mention too. There's a, a video on the city of Northfield they have of the troubadours at 50 North. Um, do you know when that was taken? It, uh, Recently, uh, I believe it was the end of March. Oh, okay. So it is. I thought it was it was a fairly new, new piece. And so um, I thank uh, Sam Temple and the folks at the um, Northfield Public Broadcasting. They are putting up all kinds of different videos. And so if you want a sample of that, you can find that on YouTube. As you mentioned, YouTube is a source of all things. And uh, I think even my, my daughter just the other day was, you know, uh, we 
she's turning it, working on her driver's license and went went there to practice parallel parking. I said, I never would have thought <laughs> there's everything out there. Like, when did you need to be in the car to practice? No. <laughs> she wanted to know how other people had learned to do it. And so it's, it's an amazing thing. And, and singing is a lifelong piece. I, do you imagine yourself doing uh, this in t- many, many years ahead? I hope so, and that's what that's that's the one one of the, the one of the benefits of having a lower voice. I I think mm. um, the the low voices tend to have a pretty good uh, long long trajectory. So I'm actually kind of in in a good in a good point in my in my career and, and vocally, where if I if I had a very high 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 voice, I might I might be uh, not singing as much anymore. So I so yeah. And that's, that's good for all of us. Yeah. And you'll be playing organ and piano for years to come, I imagine. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see all of you in concert. It's been a thrill. I want to thank my guests today for um, being on Arts Any Radio, uh, Malin Fritz-Walrud. Thank you for being here. It's been a pure pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. And Kathy Rodland, I'm excited to meet you, and maybe we'll we'll connect again mm-hmm. and uh, over some of the organists that you're teaching. I'd love right. to, to hear hear from them. And Gretchen Gillis, thank you from the Troubadours for being here on Artsany Radio. This is such a thrill, folks, and I want to thank you all for listening and hope that you do go find a song to listen to or practice your own singing. But, of course, in the meantime, until next time, enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. The Paradise Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. The Paradise is committed to offering high-quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Upper Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. 95.1 The One.